very familiar book, very familiar story, but we are going to be diving into a character lesson on the minor prophet Jonah this evening. I'm going to be in Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, and then all of chapter 4. Amen. Very familiar Bible story, a historical event, but we are going to be analyzing the character of Jonah and the process and the journey that he went through and to see why God wrote it in Scripture. Because remember, everything that is written in Scripture, everything that is written in the Word is a lesson to us. There is nothing new under the sun. Amen? And God has given all these examples of individuals' characters, whether it's good or bad, to teach us that we can learn from it. Amen? And I just pray tonight that there can be some reflection and some introspection and application here tonight. Jonah chapter 3 verse 10 and God saw their works that they turned them their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not chapter 4 but it displeased it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry what wow God did this and he was angry well, we're going to take a look at that this evening. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for your word and your truth. God, your hidden mysteries and your truths are just too wonderful for me. And God, tonight I pray, God, that you speak to your sons and your daughters, to your children. God, to the very elect that are desperate to be saved. God, especially in these perilous times, God, feed us, equip us, refine us, and strengthen us because, God, we know that circumstances are going to get harder. And, God, we have to be prepared, God, for what will transpire. God, I pray, God, that you speak to the youngest, to the oldest. God, I bind every spirit of distraction in this place, God, that has already been in operation. And, God, open our ears and our hearts, oh, God, to what you have for your children tonight. Lord, let my lips be the lips of clay. Anoint me, God, to reiterate, God, your expectations here tonight in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Tonight, I like to preach this particular thought, the synthetic destination. The synthetic destination. I don't, I'm not a really a big fan of things that are synthetic. I mean, synthetic oil is good for the car. That's what I've heard. You go synthetic at 6,000 miles instead of three, correct? I mean, you could push with the synthetic oil, but synthetic means fake. It's not natural. It's artificial. It's false. It is a mimicry of what is natural. I mean, I like things that are natural. I like pure. I like things that are real. I've heard that science right now is working on a meat and a steak and a hamburger that could be grown from a Petri dish. No, give me the steak. I will go out to the field and take it from the cow if I have to. Give me the natural steak. Now, my daughter, my daughter Abigail, is not a huge fan of meat, but boy, that girl, Sister Luna, loves her some white-tailed uh, deer. She calls it deer meat. She is not a fan of, of any kind of meat, but deer meat. Amen. So she likes what is natural. Amen. Now, sweet tea, to be by the state standard, the state of Texas standard, usually is made with real sugar. Now, 
when you put the artificial flavoring in there and the artificial sweetening, it's just not the same. Now, the only tea on this earth, on this planet that God has created in the history of mankind that has artificial sweetener that I actually enjoy is my mother-in-law's. Amen. That is it. And all the history of antiquity and mankind and biblical history is my mother-in-law's tea made with synthetic, synthetic artificial sweetening. But everything else, give me the sugar. I remember going to Fredericksburg one time, and I think Fredericksburg's in Texas, right? Right? The state of Texas, the Republic of Texas. I remember going there, and I'll take, I'll take a sweet tea. Sir, we don't have sweet tea. What state are you in? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that says Texas. Amen. You all say amen. But the synthetic versus what is natural and real. When you begin to have ingredients that are synthetic in your desserts compared to what is natural. Amen. Artificial, synthetic, fake. It's, it's not good for you. It really isn't. It has consequences. It's a substance, and it can be edible, but it's not in its purest form, in its proper form. Amen. I think that it should be against the law to have decaf. I can't find scripture for it. Amen. But I am a coffee drinker, and in its natural, beautiful state, it produces that caffeine that I desperately need every morning as I'm helping teachers on my campus. I always tell my teachers, for the sake of the campus, I need coffee. Because I'm the one that could turn off the internet. I'm just joking. Amen. But you all know what I'm talking about when it comes to natural to synthetic. Synthetic is fake. It's, it's artificial. It's cheap compared to what was naturally intended. And so tonight we're going to be looking at an artificial synthetic journey. Yes, it is a substance. Yes, it is there. But it is not in the purest form that God had intended. And today we're going to be talking about the minor prophet Jonah. Everybody knows the story. My wife and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago. When everybody thinks Jonah, okay, Jonah and the whale, three days. There is an entire character lesson there. Jonah really didn't have the best of attitudes. Jonah was resentful. And Jonah didn't demonstrate the mercy that God showed everybody in Nineveh. So, as you know, Jonah, he was a minor prophet. Now, Just a quick biblical lesson. There are major prophets and minor prophets in the Bible. The only difference between the two is not exploits. It's the amount of writing. Major prophets have more chapters. Minor prophets have less writing. They were not annotated. Now, Jonah was a prophet in the time of the kings. And God spoke to him one day in Joppa. Joppa is the the, uh, coastal city. It is uh, a shipping lane. All of travel went out of Joppa. Joppa is still there today in Israel, and there's shipping lanes that go out of there. But in ancient time, to get to the Mediterranean, Greece, Italy, Spain, uh, Egypt, the different places, you would go out of Joppa. So here is Jonah enjoying the responsibility of being a prophet. Man, everybody loves Jonah. There's reverence. It's easy going. And then God spoke to him. Hey, Jonah, are you enjoying Joppa? Well, yes, sir, I am. I need you to go to Nineveh. Okay, wait, Nineveh? You mean in northern Iraq, next to Mosul, uh, Iraq, Nineveh? Like Nineveh that's in the Assyrian kingdom? Nineveh that is a group of pagans and idol worshipers that are incredibly violent? 
I think VeggieTales said that Nineveh slaps people with fishes. Do you all remember that? Nineveh was wicked. And Jonah's like, wait, what? what? You want me to go to Nineveh? Yes, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Oh, okay, are you sure? Because it's going to bring me out of my comfort zone. It's going to bring me out of this place of prosperity and comfort and, and routine and structure that I have. Uh, that's, a long, that's a long walk, Lord. Are you sure? Yes, go to Nineveh, which, as I said, is in northern Iraq, right next to Missoula. Unfortunately, ISIS several years ago blew up a majority of Nineveh, and they even blew up the tomb of Jonah. All right? And so Jonah said, okay, I'll, I'll go to Nineveh. But in his heart of hearts, he wanted a synthetic journey, the purest of journey, the natural of journey. God's will is always the purest and perfect form of something. But Jonah thought in his humanistic aspect that he can make his own journey when God had called him to do something else. It has become synthetic, it becomes artificial, and it becomes fake. It becomes a substance, but it's not in its purest form. If we are not careful, God calls us and expects us and articulates things in our lives. But if it brings us to discomfort or it's not the way we want, we begin to write our own destination that's synthetic. Real coffee versus the decaf. The meat that's grown in a Petri dish to the real stuff. And here was Jonah writing his own synthetic path. This happens when we begin to try to gravitate to a job that God does not want us to do. Here we begin to gravitate to a calling that God has never called us to do. We begin to form relationships and marriages and intimacy that God never intended us to do. We write a synthetic path. And these are just a few examples. God, you have called me to do this. Where's scripture? Have you even talked to pastor? Have you done these things? Because when we do that, we deviate from the natural path, what God has orchestrated, his perfect will, his perfect way, and his perfect timing. We begin to write a synthetic path. It's false. It's synthetic. It's not, art, it's not real. It loses the natural quality that God had created in his will. Amen. We see Elijah, how he hid in a cave. That what isn't his will. It took God bringing him out of that. And so Jonah decided to go to Tarshish. Tarshish was in the southern portion of Spain. It was a port town. It was a trade town. Man, he, had, he wanted to have a beachfront resort. From what ancient times says in the Greek times and in ancient times, that Nina, or Tarshish was a beautiful city. He wanted to go out on vacation where it was comfortable instead of going in God's will. That can be abrasive, it can be disappointing at times, and it can be harsh, but it's perfect and it's natural. Nineveh from Joppa was 725 miles by camel, by caravan, by foot. And yes, it was long, it was hot, he needed water, and it was in the middle of the desert, but it was God's perfect natural way. But he wanted the easy path. He was being impatient. He created this synthetic path, and he wanted to go to Tarshish, which was 3,000 miles from Joppa. 725 as compared to 3,000 miles in a boat. And so, as we know, Jonah got on the boat. 
God was not happy that he created his synthetic destination. We know that there was a storm, and all the, the cruisemen and that merchant ship was saying, okay, somebody sinned. They prayed to their sea god until it came to the point where Jonah said, okay, it's me. So as we know, he jumped into the ocean. He was swallowed by a big fish, a whale in some translations, but a big fish. I'm sure it was a fish created just for Jonah by God. We know that at that point, Jonah repented for three days straight in the gullet of a fish. Can you imagine the stink in that thing? See how something that's synthetic brings us to places of discomfort. It brings us to places that God has never intended us to be. If we are not careful and we begin to write our synthetic path, our artificial path, our non-God natural path, God will send a fish. God will allow a storm. To bring us back to the natural path. And so as we know, that fish spewed out Jonah. I'm sure he just smelled great. I'm sure that Jonah was just reeking of, of red lobster. He was just smelling so good. And it says that three days later, Jonah walked from that seashore to Nineveh in northern Iraq. And so he arrives in Nineveh and has, a, has an uh, opportunity to speak to the king. First off, this is how you know it's God's will. That God brings us to a place uncomfortable. In any other time, the Ninevites would have killed Jonah. You're an Israelite. I'm just going to kill you. You're my enemy. But how God moves what is considered uncomfortable, what is considered maybe life-threatening, what is considered outside that comfort zone, God allowed this prophet to speak to the king of Nineveh. What an opportunity. And this is all he said. A one sentence message. Okay, you're going to have to repent. 40 days, if you don't repent, God's going to destroy you. Men, women, children, cattle, animals, everybody's fasting. And it's sackcloth. And you're going to pray and you're going to repent. That was it. And these people that were idol worshipers, these, these people that were pagans, these people that were... a a, quite a powerful empire at the time as part of the Assyrian Empire in northern Iraq, they repented. They were in sackcloth and ashes. You would think that he would be dancing and praising God. Here was Jonah that just got out of the gullet of a giant fish smelling what he ate for the last week, whatever that fish was. Repenting and desiring the mercy and grace of God. And God allowed him and to spare his life to give him an opportunity to get back on the natural path. And so he's on the path. They repented. Which brings us to chapter 3, verse 10. They repented. There was fasting and sackcloth, which is a cloth that's very uncomfortable and itchy. It's like the worst kind of wool you could think of. It's very abrasive because it's to bring a, a, a mourning. It's to bring a repentance. The Jews did it with sackcloth and ashes. They put ashes on their head to signify mourning. And so here are those in Nineveh that God saved. But Jonah was mad. Don't we do that sometimes that we get a little frustrated that God doesn't do things the way we want? But God, I was comfortable three th on my 3,000 mile trip on my cruise sitting at my beachfront property in Spain. Oh, God, how are you? Why are you allowing these pagans to live? Why are you allowing these people of Nineveh to live? Here is a prophet getting mad at God. 
But it happens to us in the 21st century as apostolics. We get impatient. God, this isn't the way I designed it to be. This is, I grew this in a Petri dish. I mean, you said, let there be. But God, you, you designed this, but I want the comfort, God. This isn't the way that I want it. I want it now. And so I want that instant gratification, and I create something that God never intended. I create something that is spiritually artificial because it's not in the word of God. It's not, it's not in the will of God. God cannot bless what is not in his will. Amen. And so as we are going through chapter four in this synthetic journey, uh, Evan, do you mind reading? We're going to go chapter four, verse two. And we're going to see this prophet's attitude. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. And he should have just left it there. God, you showed mercy, and I give you attributes. Well, what does he continue to say, Evan? Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Wait, he is desiring death because it was not what he thought it should be? It wasn't this path that he orchestrated to go to Tarshish because I cannot tell you how many apostolics take the boat to Tarshish. Right. When God sent them to Nineveh, yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to require sacrifice. Yes, it's going to require breaking. Yes, it's going to be hot. Yes, it's going to be hard. But God is with you. God is for you. And God has gone before you on the way to your Nineveh. Many of us are on the way to Nineveh. Many of us are sitting in that uncomfortable place in Nineveh. But God is with you to bring him glory and to demonstrate his wonders. But many of us, because of impatience, or it's uncomfortable, or it's hard, because that's the human, it's that fight or flight. And the same thing in the spirit, we run to what's comfortable. Send me to the beachfront. Only if if Jonah knew 100 years later, it would have been destroyed anyway. In Tarshish. How many of us run? And how many of us create a synthetic will of God when it was never meant to be? He wished for death. This prophet that did this great thing, one sentence message. And all these heathens, all these pagans, all these people that worshiped idols, this enemy territory repented to the God of Israel. He should have been worshiping. But, oh, how... God, how dare you? That is not the way that I foresaw it. Am I not the prophet? Am I not your child, God? I've, I have been following your laws. How can you show mercy to these people? And he wished for death. He wished for death. He chose death over life. Please continue. Then said the Lord... Doest thou well to be angry? Continue, please. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth. A, t- a booth is a tent. Okay, so like a tabernacle. It means tent. And sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Oh, man. His intentions were shown here. So he left a city that he just had an opportunity 
to bring to God. To be used as a vessel, to be in the perfect and powerful will of God's wonders, he became resentful. Because it isn't the way that he thought God should do it. So he went to the east side of the city, he popped his Coleman two-band tent, and he sat and he waited those 40 days to see if God would obliterate Nineveh off the face of the planet. His heart was being shown. And if we are not careful, including myself, we begin to begin to pitch our tent on the east side of the city. And we begin to do things that are not in God's will. Amen? Amen. We begin to do things that God never intended us to be, and we create a synthetic path. Amen. Amen. Continue, please. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Even when we begin to throw a tissy fit, right? Even though we begin to pull away from what God wants us to do, he still protects us for a certain time. He put this gourd, this this giant plants, to to be a shadow, to protect Jonah from the heat. What a love of God. He could have said, Jonah, well, I'm going to go call somebody else. Goodbye. You're dismissed now. He said, I still love you. And what happens with us as the children of God, we step out and we begin to make our synthetic path. And God puts a protection for a time. But what happens? Let's continue, please. But God prepared a worm. A what? A worm. Okay. When the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. Man, that palm worm. This God allowed a worm to enter into the protection. And a worm is not very fast. It is slow. It takes a process to the point where the ne- it was a 24-hour worm, apparently, because the next day that gourd was dead, and God removed that covering. God removed that protection to allow us to fall into the misery of what happens when we are on this synthetic path that is not his will or in the word of God. Amen. God removes his hand to get us to repent and to get back on the path. Hence a giant fish. Jonah should have learned this that first time. So here he is, upset, bitter, resentful, looking at a town without a plant. Please continue. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind. That's a super hot wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Twice he desired death, instead of rejoice what God did. We choose death if we're not careful. We choose death if we're not careful. Amen. We're going to finish up the remainder of the chapter. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, we're in are more than six score thousand persons. Let me translate Old English. That's 120,000 people. 120,000 people were saved from a sentence. And here is the end 
Here is the end of Jonah's story. And this is the note that it was ended on. Please, let's finish. We're in are more than six, four thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand. And also much cattle. And that's it. What could the book of Jonah been like if he would have just stayed on the path? What could the book of Jonah been like? Would he have been a major prophet if his attitude was different? Would Jonah have many more exploits in the wonders of God if he would have just understand that, his, that God's ways are not our ways? And this is what happens to many apostolics is that our story ends. Spiritually, our story ends because we begin to form an artificial path that God never intended. Jonah worried more about the circumstance than the souls that were saved. God was calling him out. You're more worried about this plant that just grew and died. And there's 120,000 people down to the west of you that I showed mercy. I could have obliterated them. But I showed mercy. You should rejoice in it. But that was the end of Jonah. It was more than the whale. It was a prophet that formed his own path and became resentful in God not doing it the way that he desired or thought God should do it. How many apostolic stories are into just like that with God questioning? Is it ended in a question mark? How many walks with God are ended in a question mark? God's will is perfect. God's ways are perfect. And if you are on the way to Nineveh, don't you worry. God will show his wonders. Amen. But if we are not careful, we go 3,000 miles to the west where God never intended us to be. We write things that are artificial. It's the fake sweet tea. It's the, it's the decaf coffee. It's the grown meat. We grow the will of God in a Petri dish and say, this is it. But God desires us. His will is perfect. It may be lonely at times. It may be unknown and uncertain in times. But he never leaves you nor forsakes you. But you are the one, a human being, a child of God is the one that walks away from that never forsaking. And our story ends in a question mark. Haven't I done this? So tonight I ask, what paths are we carving? What hearts do we have? Jeremiah went through, a, I would say, quite as much, if not more, than Jonah. He saw the destruction of Jerusalem. He saw the temple being destroyed as Jeremiah, but he continued mission. He continued to do the things of God because it was the perfect will, even if it was in Nineveh. He didn't try to flee. He stayed with the uncomfortable will of God because he is there. Amen. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. And I pray in Jesus' name that you were blessed. And I pray that we reflect. Remember to pray for our pastor. We have service Sunday. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you this evening.